Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are back in the studio. We recognize that uh, the resurrection, you know, we, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday here a couple Sundays ago, a couple Lord's Days ago. However, there's still lots of material in the Gospels regarding Jesus's post-resurrection appearances, and these are very important for a couple reasons. One, because they give us an accurate mirror of who we are in the people of the disciples, and it gives a very accurate depiction of who Jesus is and how he responds to unbelief and sin. So today, we are near the end of John chapter 20, when Jesus encounters Thomas. So here is, it is starting in verse 24. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. This was when Jesus appeared to the disciples on, on the evening of the first day. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. This is just a little aside, but... um... I don't know, it's probably 30 years ago now, I read a book by Max Lucado called No Wonder They Call Him the Savior, and he had an interesting take on Thomas, that Thomas, he believes, may have gotten a, a bad rap with the label Doubting Thomas. He takes the approach that Thomas, in a lot of ways, just lacked imagination, lacked the ability to believe things that he hadn't experienced and so he traces kind of the interactions of Jesus with Thomas throughout the Gospels. And you find, you know, each time Thomas needing a little bit more concrete. Um, he's not mm-hmm. good at grasping the, the abstract. Um, and so I always, when I read this account, I think of, of that. Yeah, and, you know, in my experience as a pastor, uh, I've, I've encountered many people uh, over the years uh, who they they just cannot live in the abstract. They need hard evidence. And uh, I, I hate to generalize, but uh, I've experienced many engineers who, uh, <laughs> you know, they... 
Great, we just lost another ten, yeah, uh, another five another, or six listeners. Another, <laughs> we, we lost half of our ten <laughs> listeners just now. So I, I apologize in advance to all the engineers out there that might be listening. Um, but he's going he, after accountants next. Yes. Uh, but I, I also think Thomas gets a bad rap with that nickname, Doubting Thomas. Call him, I won't live off of somebody else's faith, Thomas. Call him, secondhand faith won't work for me, Thomas. Don't call him Doubting Thomas. Jesus doesn't, doesn't do that. No, Jesus says, don't doubt. Jesus, don't disbelieve. Don't disbelieve, but believe. And... Uh, <clears throat> But that's a that's a very gentle. Uh, if if that's a rebuke at all, it's a very gentle rebuke. And uh, but notice how Jesus humbles himself to come directly to Thomas. He knows he knows Thomas's need, and he comes right to him and says, "Look, look at me. Look at the wounds. Put your put your hand right into the wound here on my side." Look at my hands. Don't disbelieve, but believe. Uh, Jesus is so gracious toward him and, and willing, willing to show him what he needs. And it's a humble Jesus uh, who is willing to make himself available to Thomas. Mm-hmm. We'll just go back a couple days in, in the life of Thomas and, and Jesus. They're in the upper room, John 14. Jesus is saying, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, what have I told you? That I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And then Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? How can we know the way? Yeah. I mean, this is just Thomas not able to, to wrap his mind around what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying something that requires faith. Yeah. Um, that the unseen becomes more real than the seen. And Thomas is saying, nope, the unseen isn't real to me. And Jesus replies to him. Oh, Thomas. He doesn't say, oh, Thomas, but I'm sure he's thinking, oh, Thomas. Well, and I'm the, the way. I am the, the, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. Thomas wasn't the only problem, a disciple with this, with no, this problem. I mean, regardless all. of how he shaded or nuanced it. I mean, the women, the women at the tomb, they believed once the angel said, don't you remember what he said? But then when they when they returned to the disciples, none of the disciples believed. Peter nope. visited the tomb. He didn't believe until the Lord returned to him. The two men on the road to Emmaus didn't believe. And then there were other disciples who, who did believe without seeing, but it was a very mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I guess I just want to point out, again, Jesus's first words to Thomas and to, to the rest of the disciples, as, as we've been saying, he could have rebuked these disciples for abandoning him at his greatest moment of need. They all abandoned him when he was being arrested. Uh, Peter denied him. Um, all of these disciples uh, showed themselves to be very unfaithful to Christ at the precise moment when he needed them most. And yet, what does he do? The, his first words after his resurrection are not, how dare you? His first words are essentially, why don't you believe me? Um, in fact, Thomas Goodwin, one of the Puritans, 
if you're familiar with this book that's that's really popular right now called Gentle and Lowly, um, basically meditations on the gentle heart of Jesus based off Thomas Goodwin's work, he, he said that um, nothing burdens Jesus's heart more than our unbelief. Um, we can have a lot of other grievous sins. And of course, the Lord will, will faithfully discipline us for those. But a heart of unbelief essentially says to Jesus, I, I don't trust your heart. And that burdens, that burdens the Lord. Jesus wants us to believe him because he wants us to know that he does love us and he cares for us and he's working for us and he's working all things together for us. And so here, when he approaches Thomas, that is what he's trying to demonstrate. I'm still for you, Thomas. Yes. Put your hands right here. Yes. And notice that so-called doubting Thomas, and as I said, I, I, I don't think that that... Uh, descriptor is fair so-called doubting thomas and ends up after jesus shows himself and shows shows him the wounds thomas ends up making the most bold and highest confession of the identity of jesus in all it's the highest and boldest in all four gospels he says my lord and my god mm. that's who jesus is uh, he is the Lord with us in the flesh. He is God with us in the flesh. And, and Thomas is the first one and the boldest. Uh, and as I said, this is, the, this is the highest confession of faith in all four Gospels mm-hmm. in, ter- in terms of full divinity of Jesus Christ. I don't know if these guys agree with me on this, but I actually don't think Thomas puts his finger in, in the scars. I think the text reads that he doesn't. So Thomas makes a strong statement that I will never believe Mm -hmm. unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side. He's saying, "I, I will never believe. Jesus comes and says to him, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered. There's no indication that Thomas yes. touches Jesus's side or hands. Right. Um, I think at that point, Jesus um, overwhelms him. Mm-hmm. Jesus condescends to where Thomas was and says, "Okay, is that what you need? Yeah, go ahead and do it." Yeah. And then I think Thomas at this point says, "I was wrong. I don't need that." Yeah. And then he makes this this bold declaration of the divinity of 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 Christ. Mm-hmm. I think in, all, in one of the things that all of these post resurrection appearances have in common is you see, of, to a lesser or greater degree, the the sin of, of the disciples or the sin of the women, in contrast with the absolute faithfulness and gentleness of of Christ in response to them, mm-hmm. and and this case is no different. I mean, I think I think reading the tone of Jesus's words are really really important. You you preached on um Luke 24 on Resurrection Sunday. I also preached on that passage where where Jesus rebukes the um the two men on the road to Emmaus. And I think even when he said, "Oh foolish and slow of heart to believe." I don't think he's yelling at them. I don't think he's giving them the the stink eye. I don't think he's putting his hands on his hips. I think um, it. 
again, saddens his heart that he that they're not believing him, and then he works through mm-hmm. the scriptures so mm-hmm. that they will finally rest in him alone. And there's a there's a wonderful blessing in John at the end of or close to the end of John twenty, at the at the end of this encounter with with Thomas, when Thomas believes and he says, "My Lord and my God." <clears throat> and here's the blessing Jesus said, if you believe because you have seen me, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that's us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's every believer today. That's that's uh, every believer from the close of the New Testament up to today. No, I, I have I have not seen physically the risen Christ. He's he's ascended. Uh, you have not seen physically the risen Christ, but we believe, and there's a special blessing for those, as as Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Uh, receive that blessing, listener. Receive it and, and hold on to it. The book of Hebrews would say that that's what faith is. Yeah. That faith is being certain of what, what we do not see. Mm-hmm. And really, faith then boils down to that the unseen becomes more real than the seen. Um, yes. That that's the call of the scriptures, that we live in light of what we can't see with our physical eyes, but that we see by faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fuller our life is, the more blessed it is, is when we live in the reality of the unseen mm-hmm. um, rather than the seen. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 